So as Sam was mentioning, we've got uh, our big church coming up, coming up soon. And if you were with us when we did our last big church, just as a, as the new year kicked off, you would have heard Steve talking about really the theme for this year, and that's about how we we go deeper and wider uh, with God in our walk with God, in our journey with Jesus. And as part of that, we've been looking in these first two months, so we're kind of about halfway through, on this concept of emotionally healthy spirituality. And the theory is this, that it's impossible to be spiritually mature whilst remaining emotionally immature. So in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Peter Scazzera says that emotional health and spiritual health are inseparable, that we're integrated emotional and spiritual beings. And we'll be using this book, or we have been using this book, as as really some of the source material for some of the talks that we've been doing so far this year. But really would recommend it to you if you want to go a little bit deeper on some of the topics that we've been talking about. Really do get this book, follow on along in it, and it you, you'll find it's well worth. It really does help you if your emotional with your emotional health. So today, as we continue our series, we'll be looking at the concept of rest and Sabbath. But before I go any further, I have a very simple question. How are you? It's not a rhetorical question. How are you? Are you okay? You all right? Yeah? Good. You know what? I can guarantee most of the times that I'm asked that question, my response would be, I'm good. I'm busy, but I'm good. I can almost guarantee that's what I would say, especially in relation to my work. If someone said to me, how's work going? I'd be going, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, it's great. But man, is it busy? So much on. So busy. I can guarantee that I have never said, you know what? Work is really chilled right now. Got very little on. I'm just enjoying life. Guaranteed. I have never said that. And actually, this word busy, I imagine that even as you met perhaps just before the service and you spoke to people, I'd be surprised if someone didn't say they were busy. And actually, it's an issue that exists throughout our Western culture, both in the church and outside of it. People today are obsessed with squeezing as much activity into their daily lives as possible. We speed up the pace of our life to hurry, to squeeze more in. John Orberg in his book, The Life You've Always Wanted to Live, says, hurry is not just a disordered schedule, hurry is a disordered heart. This busyness, this hurry, is having a noticeable impact on the lives of Jesus followers in the global church. We've seen the global church increased levels of stress, health problems, exhaustion, burnout, relational friction amongst churchgoers. We see shallow communities being formed with others, and we see a superficial spirituality with Jesus. We kind of squeeze God in when we can. And these last two, for obvious reasons, are particularly bad for our walk and our journey with Jesus. Corey Ten Boom, um, the author of um, The Hiding Place, said this, if the devil cannot 
make us bad. He will make us busy. We need to rest. But as a culture, we really do struggle to rest. For some reason, it doesn't feel natural to rest. We never switch off. If I'm honest, this is something that I I really struggle with. I never switch off. So much so that I actually struggle with insomnia. That's the, the not being able to sleep at night sometimes. And it's because if I start to think of something before I go to bed, it will just run and run all night long. I'm just not able to switch off. So-called labour-saving devices like the smartphone mean that we now carry our work around with us constantly in our pocket or in our bag. I'm known at work for responding to emails in the evenings, at weekends, even when I'm meant to be on holiday. And I'm not saying that to brag. I know it's bad. I need to stop. We need to rest. Even when we are apparently resting, when we're not working, we're still, we're still trying to multitask. Have any of you here double screened? If you don't know what double screening is, double screen is when you have one screen like a TV on, that's one screen, and then you have a phone, a tablet, a laptop, I'm not going to look at my wife, um, to play a game, browse the internet, answer messages, browse social media. So does anyone do that, double screening? Yeah, a few of you here. And you know what? I'm not surprised to see that. In a recent study in the UK, up to 79% of those people asked admitted to double screening at times. And 46% of those people asked admitted to doing it consistently. I, that's now their, their norm. That's what they do. It's a con- consistent thing. And if I'm honest, and you've probably guessed it, I'm in the 46%. We are oversubscribed to activity. I personally am oversubscribed to activity. We're oversubscribed to business and to hurry. So, question is, is there something that helps us deal with this busyness in our lives? I'm glad you asked. There is, and it's something that God gave to us, and it's called the Sabbath. So if you're with me, turn with, if if you have a Bible, turn with me, whether it's physical or electronic, to Genesis 2. Also, by the way, we will have the words up on screen. But if you do have your Bible on your phone, don't look at both because you're double screening then. This, this got pointed out to me earlier. You know you just encouraged everyone to double screen. <laughs> oh! Okay. Genesis 2, 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The English word rested in verses 2 and 3 is the Hebrew Hebrew word Shabbat, 
you can't get away without some Greek or Hebrew in a talk of mine. So the, the word Shabbat, and uh, this means to stop, to cease. And it's also the word from which we get our English word, Sabbath. God created the universe and everything in it, and then he Shabbat, he rested, he stopped. Let me just for a second think about that. God rested. He stopped. All of creation and he stopped. Why, why is it the creator of the universe rested? Was it because he was tired? You know, Andromeda galaxy, oh, I'm tired now, I'm not going to do anymore. No. Was it because he was exhausted? Worn out? It was to set a pattern a rhythm for us to follow. God knows that we need rest. It's core to us being human. The author Wayne Muller said this about rhythm, and it's quite a long quote, so do stick with me. <coughs> In the relentless busyness of modern life, we have lost the rhythm between work and rest. All life requires a rhythm of rest. All life requires a rhythm of rest. There is a rhythm in our waking activity and the body's need for sleep. There is a rhythm in the way day dissolves into night and night into morning. There is a rhythm as the active growth of spring and summer is quieted by the necessary dormancy of fall, yes he was American, and winter. There is a tidal rhythm, a deep eternal conversation between the land and the great sea. In our bodies, the heart perceptibly rests after each life-giving beat. The lungs rest between the exhale and the inhale. We have lost this essential rhythm. Our culture invariably supposes that action and accomplishment are better than rest. That doing something, anything, is better than doing nothing. Because of our desire to succeed, to meet these ever-growing expectations, we do not rest. Because we do not rest, we lose our way. We miss the compass points that would show us where to go. We bypass the nourishment that would give us succor. That's help or support. We miss the quiet that would give us wisdom. We miss the joy and love born of effortless delight. Poisoned by this hypnotic belief, that good things come only through unceasing determination and tireless effort, we can never truly rest. And for the want of rest, our lives are in danger. God even made it one of the Ten Commandments. In Exodus, the first three commandments are about our relationship to God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And the six commandments um, and the last six commandments are about our relationship with each other. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false witness. You shall not covet. And then in between, commandment number four is the longest and the most detailed of the commandments. And this is the one about Sabbath. 
in Exodus 20, 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, neither of my servants work on a Sabbath, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So God has commanded us to take a Sabbath. Many say, actually, we don't need to obey the Sabbath, as that's Old Covenant, that's Old Testament. We are now under the New Testament. Jesus has come and fulfilled it all. But you don't see that argument being made about murder or adultery, do you? No one says, oh, don't worry about murdering or stealing or committing adultery. That was the old covenant. Jesus has fulfilled it all. As followers of Jesus, we still obey the other nine commandments. If we obey the other commandments like we obey the fourth commandment, the Sabbath, there would be dead bodies everywhere. I'm being slightly tongue-in-cheek, but it's something to think about. Yes, we're no longer, longer under the law for salvation. That is true. But I think of the Ten Commandments as this baseline moral code under which we as followers of Jesus should live. Do not murder. Check. Take a Sabbath. Hmm. I acknowledge that Sabbath is probably the hardest one to obey in our culture today. But I would also suggest it could be amongst the most important. It is the hinge between how we relate to God and how we relate to others. I would suggest that without the fourth commandment, that we will struggle to truly obey the first three and the last six. So Sabbath is a command, but it is also a gift. Sabbath was made for man. Jesus said this when he was challenged by the Pharisees. He was allowed, as the, he and the disciples were walking through these fields, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain, just to have a bit of snack as they were going along. And Jesus said this when he was challenged in Mark 2.27. Then he, Jesus, said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This is key. Sabbath is both a command and a gift. It is the only spiritual discipline that is commanded. Reading your Bible isn't, prayer isn't, but Sabbath is. But it is commanded for our own benefit because it is a gift, a rhythm laid down since creation. So, how do we go about having a Sabbath. In his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Peter Scazzaro describes four principles of Sabbath. These are principles to stop us falling into legalism, 
what do I mean by legalism? Well, some people insist that Sabbath needs to be a particular day of the week or provide very, very strict lists of what can and can't be done on a Sabbath. Jesus observed the Sabbath, but he also healed the sick and preached sermons on that day. What might be work for you may be different for someone else. Some people will have to choose another day besides Saturday or Sunday if it is to be a, really a day without work. The key is to set a regular rhythm of keeping the Sabbath every seven days for a 24-hour block of time. So these principles will also help to distinguish between a Sabbath and a day off. There's nothing wrong with a day off. I love a day off. But a day off is a poor imitation of Sabbath. So, on to the principles. Principle number one, stop. Sabbath is first and foremost a day of stopping. We saw earlier how the Hebrew word Shabbat means to cease, to stop. Yet most of us can't stop until we've finished whatever it is we think we need to do. We need to complete our tasks, our projects, answer our emails, return all the phone messages, finish clearing the house. There's always one more thing to do before stopping. The Sabbath calls us to build the doing of nothing into our schedules each week. Nothing measurable is accomplished. By the world standards, it's inefficient, unproductive. Some would say useless. As one theologian stated, to fail to see the value of simply being with God and doing nothing is to miss the heart of Christianity. We stop on Sabbath because God is on the throne, assuring us that, you know what, the world will not fall apart if we cease our activities for one day. God is at work taking care of the universe, and he manages quite well without us having to run things. Principle number two, rest. As I mentioned earlier, Sabbath is not the same as a day off. We are still really busy on our day off. We catch up on all the stuff on our to-do list. A day off is not a bad thing. It just isn't a Sabbath. And nor, and this is controversial for some of you, is it Sunday church. For some people, Sunday and church ends up being an exhausting day. All of you volunteers out there who help run what we do here on a Sunday, I thank you. I truly do. And for some of us, at the end of the day, Sunday is still a great day. It's not a bad day, but it wasn't a Sabbath. It wasn't rest. Very few of us actually know how to rest. We confuse relaxation with restoration. Again, relaxation is not a bad thing, but it isn't rest. Many of us turn to the TV 
when we relax. We in the Western world still consume so much TV on a daily basis. I personally cannot keep up with all the shows that I've got recorded on my Skybox or box sets that I have started on Netflix. Talking about Netflix, the CEO of Netflix was asked whether he was concerned with the competition from Amazon, Apple, and other online video streaming services. And he was really nonchalant when he responded, oh no, our number one competitor is sleep. You know something is wrong when Netflix isn't fighting Amazon or Apple, they're fighting sleep. Netflix might be relaxing, good entertainment, but it's rarely restoration. How many of you finish binge watching a box set, say, on Netflix or Amazon, switch it off and say, ah, my soul is so alive right now. I feel so at peace with God and with my life. I have so much clarity on my identity and my calling. I just have this deep joy. Any of you say that after watching the box set? Just me then. I'm kidding. None of us feel this way. All we do is escape the pressure of our daily, ordinary lives. It squanders our precious reserves of free time on things that don't actually restore us. My point is not anti-Netflix. I love Netflix, but it does not restore you. It is not rest. Ask yourself, what refills your reservoirs? Rest should refill your emotional, your physical, your mental, your creative reservoirs. Ask yourself, what does that? Principle number three. The word Shabbat or Sabbath can also be translated as delight. The Sabbath is an entire day set aside to follow God's example. Stop and delight in his world, in your life in it, and above all, in God himself. Also, Dan Allender says, the Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is the best day of the week. It is the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and the day we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, have sex with your spouse, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, and watch creation in its fullness. Few people are willing to enter Sabbath and sanctify it to make it holy because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. Ask yourself, 
What could I do for 24 hours that would bring me deep joy? Turn off the phone, put away the laptop, maybe go out for a walk, eat food, read a novel, paint, have cuddles in front of the fire in a winter. It will be different for everyone. John would probably love to go for a bike ride. That's my idea of a nightmare. But he would probably be really restored by that. Sabbath is a weekly Christmas without all the stress and without the weird aunt or uncle sitting in the corner. It is a weekly party or celebration, delight in the Sabbath. Okay, last principle. Number four, contemplate. In Genesis 2-3, we read earlier, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God made the Sabbath holy. Fascinating that the first time that the word holy is used in the Bible was right here. And what does God make holy? Time. In the ancient Near East, gods were found in the world of space, not the world of time. They were found in a temple, on a mountain, in a stream, on top of a ziggurat. This would have leapt off the page for an ancient Near East person. They would be expecting God to make a holy temple or a holy shrine. But God, Yahweh, makes a holy day. After all, all of the universe is his temple. You cannot contain the presence of God. So instead, he is found in the world of time. You don't need to pilgrimage to the other side of the world to encounter God or go to a special building to experience God. All you need to do is stop. God is found less in space and more in time. Also in Exodus says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. A Sabbath to the Lord your God. That means that the Sabbath is not just a day for rest, but also a day for worship. On a Sabbath, run everything you do, every activity you do through this filter. Is it rest and is it worship? And if the answer is yes, then you can enjoy it guilt-free. And when I say worship, I don't mean that you sing vineyard or hillsong or Bethel songs all day long. You can if you want, but I mean it in a broader sense. You intentionally feed your soul with beauty in order to create a moment or a series of moments when you spontaneously combust in wonder, awe, delight, joy, and gratitude in God's presence. We see the invisible God in the visible creation. Because we are stopping our work, we intentionally focus and see, focus on seeing and receiving God through all of life. We ponder his love as it comes through things like food and nature, playing a game with your family or going for a walk having a glass of wine 
and a conversation with your spouse or friends. We slow down to see his gifts. It's true, we kind of want to do this all seven days, but in particular, we want to train ourselves to see the invisible God in the invisible in the visible world around us on the Sabbath. Pondering the love of God remains the central focus of our Sabbath. Let me almost end on this. Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty, and this is the message translation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Who doesn't want some of that? I know I certainly do. So as I finish, a few things to remember. Fall in love with the principle of Sabbath. Don't get obsessed with the practice. You can maybe even start to lean into this. If taking a full 24 hours is too much to begin with, then start with a few hours and expand. I've always been terrible about taking a Sabbath. God has a sense of humor that I was the one who ended up giving this talk to you today because it really spoke to me. I've always been terrible about the Sabbath. I've always said, I do not have the time to take a full day, 24 hours from my week. I just have too much to do. Can anyone else relate to that? So instead, I've recently decided to lean into it. We, as a family, now take Sabbath from 3 p.m. on Saturday until we wake up on Sunday. All the chores and stuff that we need to get done is now accomplished in the morning on Saturday. Because after all, some Sabbath is better than no Sabbath. And over time, our intention is to try and extend that ultimately up to 24 hours. But it's something to start with. Start with a few hours to begin with. So Sabbath is a weekly reminder that there is a God and it's not me or you. A weekly reminder about what is important in our life. A reminder of what my identity is. It's not what I do. It's who God says I am. And a reminder that you are loved by the Father. And that he gave this gift to you, the gift of rest, the gift of Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. If you're able to, then let's stand.